Check, check. Best bumper video ever. <laughs> what is up, Journey Church? Everybody awake? Can we give it up for the worship team one time? Please do that. Please do that. It's always great for me to be able to kind of step aside and do something a little bit different. Uh, it lets me experience worship on a Sunday morning the way that you guys do. And I don't know if you guys really appreciate this, but there are so many churches these days that are struggling for like competent music people, and we are so insanely blessed to have so many talented people that are in service here. Uh, I love being at this church. I hope that you do too. If you don't know me, my name is Gary Mitchell. I have the honor of being the worship pastor here. Uh, Chad Simpkins, our senior pastor, is still away with his wife, uh, wrapping up some much-needed R&R. Uh, so I'm here filling in, and I am continuing our game plan series. This is our big sports tie-in, and um, i got to be honest with you guys. A, a couple of weeks ago, Chad was up here preaching, and he kind of threw me under the bus <laughs> and told everybody that I don't know anything about sports. You remember that? Were you guys here for that? You remember that? That is not true at all. All right? That's not true. I, I do know sports, okay? I'm super good at sports. I. I know, stop laughing. I know, I, know, I know all the things about sports, all right? I know, for example, that in soccer, the way you score a basket <laughs> is by using the bat to hit the puck just right so that you make a hole in one. But, but if you miss, then it's considered a strike, and the first down goes to the other team. Is that right? That, no, it's not a, okay. <laughs> What's funny is that all the other people in here that don't know sports are like, what was wrong with that? What did he say? All right, seriously, I'm not that bad, okay? I have never played a, a, a competitive sport, but I do have quite a bit of football experience. As a matter of fact, I have a picture I want to show you guys. Check this out. <laughs> so... <the laughs> Right? Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. Give it up for that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is me in my marching band uniform when I was playing drums for the UNC Marching Tar Heels at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, which I did for four years of my life, and I absolutely loved it. Playing drums in a, like, 50-person drum line in Keenan Stadium on game day was the most fun I ever had. It was amazing. And my senior year, I was drum captain. So, like, I was in charge of stuff. So I got to, I got to call, like, the songs that we did and the cadences and the grooves we played in the stands. I just loved it. To this day, whenever football season happens, I walk outside and you smell that, like, fall air, you know, and it's just like, ah. Oh. Marching bands. The marching band people in the house know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. See? See? Yes, indeed. That's why that bumper video that just played a minute ago it just gets me so hyped because I hear that drum line and I'm like, oh, I used to do that. Now, because of my, shall we say, limited understanding of the rules of football, it's possible that I might have called the wrong cheer or song at the wrong point in the game I might have signaled a defensive cheer when we were on offense one time. It's, it's so long ago, I can't remember, who knows. I might, might, might have signaled for us to play the fight song when the other team scored one time. You know what, who knows? It was, it was like forever ago, it doesn't matter. All right, fine, you got me. 
So maybe I would have rather played Quidditch for Gryffindor than be on my high school basketball team. And maybe like in my mind, a fantasy football league is like a bunch of guys dressed up like wizards and hobbits playing sports. But the good news is, <laughs> the good news is the subject that I was handed to preach on today happens to be something that I do know an awful lot about, and that is this, practice, right? Pro sports teams and Olympic athletes and musicians and painters and world-class chefs and basically anybody that wants to excel at something has got to practice. Practice is how you get great at something, not good at something, because anybody can be born good at stuff, right? Anybody with natural talent can just come out being good at something. If you want to be great at something, that takes work. That takes persistent, focused effort over long periods of time. And look, I may never dunk a basketball in my life without the help of a trampoline, but as somebody, that wasn't supposed to be funny. Now you guys are laughing at random things, it's freaking me out. As somebody who has made his living and paid his bills for almost 20 years as a professional musician, I know an awful lot about practice. So we're in this game plan series right now. We're trying to, to think of ourselves as players on God's team. We started off a couple weeks ago with Chad talking about the drilling the fundamentals and what that means for us as believers. And then last week, uh, Tim Cole from Waypoint Church swung by, and he was talking about making sure that we are running the race that God has marked out for us and not somebody else. So this morning, I'm here to talk about what some people would say is the most critical aspect of winning in any sporting event or competition. Let's listen to what the pros have to say about practice. Most people get excited about games, but I've got to get excited about practice because that's my classroom, is the next one. This one says, <laughs> this one says, for every pass I caught in a game, I caught a thousand in practice. What's the next one we got? So this is one you've probably seen online someplace. There is no glory in practice, but without practice, there is no glory. Can I get an Amen. This last one by Winston Churchill is probably my favorite. It says this. They say nobody is perfect. Then they tell you practice makes perfect. I wish they'd make up their minds. <laughs> so does practice make perfect? I'm not sure, but if all of these people think that practice is a big deal, there's probably something to that. So look, we're going to keep it real simple this morning. We might get done a little bit early. I'm just going to talk about what practice is, why it's so important, and how we as believers can incorporate that idea uh, into our lives as players on God's team. If you're ready to get down on this, say, let's do it. So first of all, in the, um, <laughs> in the fantasy football world in my mind, I consulted the all-seeing, all-knowing eye of wisdom and knowledge, better known as Google, and I came up with this working definition of practice. The repeated exercise in or performance of an activity or skill so as to acquire or maintain proficiency in it. When you are running drills on the field or you're clocking in hours at the batting cage or you're trying to beat your best mile time running, you are practicing as an athlete. 
But like I said, that idea can apply to anything, just trying to train and refine your ability to get better at something. I know that right now I'm in a room with lots and lots of people who maybe studied, uh, took music lessons when you were kids, right? Or maybe you studied dance, or maybe you were in your drama club. Maybe you were one of those crazy people that got up at the crack of dawn to go swimming every day, swim club, right? Or maybe you did improv, or maybe uh, you were on a step team. Maybe you were in an acapella group in college, like in Pitch Perfect. Or maybe you were one of those people that got thrown up in the air hoping to God somebody would catch you and cheerleading, bring it on style. We have all done lots and lots of things in our life. But I'm willing to bet that a huge chunk of that was just practicing to get better at it. Now, show of hands, how many of you did whatever that was because you genuinely loved it, you were passionate about it, and you wanted to get better at it? And how many of you did it because your parents were like, you're going to do this, you're going to like it, <laughs> you're going to shut up about it? I have one honest person in the house. Thank you. <laughs> All right. The rest of you are liars. All right. <laughs> so we get practice, but the question is, why do we have to do it? Why is practice so important? Well, here, I am going to defer to Batman, who said this, the victory is in the preparation. In one of the many appearances that he had in a comic book over the years, he said the victory is in the preparation. Practice is how you achieve greatness at something. Like I said, anybody can be born with natural talent at something, but no matter how much natural gifting you have, you will never reach your full potential without putting in the work to develop it. Talent is no substitute for discipline and hard work. Can I get an amen? That was a hard amen. That was dark. A team that has practiced, drilled, and trained together into a well-oiled machine has a much better chance of beating a group of lazy, undisciplined show-offs and superstars, no matter how much talent they might have. Once again, let's listen to the, the smart people here. Here's some quotes. It's not the will to win that matters. Everyone has that. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. If you can't outplay them, out what? Outwork them. Right on. There may be people that have more talent than you, but there is no excuse for anyone to work harder than you do. This last one is the one that resonates with me most as a musician. You can't hire someone to practice for you. <laughs> oh, but if you could. The results of practice speak for themselves. The results speak for themselves, right? I mean, have you guys ever seen somebody do something that was so insanely good at it that they inspired you to practice and made you want to quit in like the same like couple of seconds? There, there are musicians and performers that I've watched over the years, either live in concert or online or something, and I'm just like, I'm doing my whole life wrong. Like, I thought I was good at this stuff, and then they get up, and they're just, they're, they're, they're immaculate. They're divine. They're so good at something, but they weren't born that way. They were born with that talent, but you've got to put in the work. The victory is in the preparation. So here's what I want you guys to know. They say that a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, right? They say that a group is only as strong as its weakest member. I've heard it said that a team is only as strong as their weakest player. 
So back in the day when I was still teaching uh, drumline for a couple of high school marching bands in North Carolina, which I did for almost 10 years, that was an interesting job. I used to tell my drummers, yeah, guys, practice. Work at it. Train. Get better. Raise your, your musical power level, if you will, because the better you get, the better we get as a team. And I've seen that to be true so often. The skill level and the work ethic of just one person in a team can elevate the entire group. The victory is in the preparation. So here's the question. Here's what we're here to talk about. How do we apply that to ourselves as believers? If we are players on God's team, and if we want to please our heavenly coach, if you will, and dominate in this crazy tournament called life, how are we supposed to practice as Christians? I mean, is that even something that we can do? Well, the answer to that that I would submit is absolutely it is. Let's turn now to the word of God where the real smart people hang out. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. 1 Timothy chapter 4, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be what? For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And this last one from 1 Corinthians is the one that everybody quotes about sports things. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. That's a great passage, by the way. I encourage you to go and just read the rest of uh, 1 Corinthians 9, starting at 24. We don't have time for the whole thing right now. So living a disciplined and intentional life is biblical. We should be trying to improve ourselves as players on God's team. Because remember, the better you get individually, the better we get as a family. So what does that look like? How are we supposed to practice on God's team? Uh, I'm going to give you three suggestions for how to do that. And if you've got your uh, bulletin that you were hopefully handed on the way in, now's the time to start uh, taking notes. Number one, I think we need to better ourselves. Better yourself as a person. There's this old uh, Christian saying. It's like one of those Christian bookstore cliches that you've probably seen on like a t-shirt or a mug or something. And it says this, what you are is God's gift to you. What you become is your gift to him. So I believe that being an athlete in life if you will, has to do with bettering ourselves as people. Making the most of this odd quirky but still beloved person that God has made each one of us. We should be striving to better ourselves as people, and we can do that in all sorts of ways. For example, I encourage you to read more. Read more. Read anything. When was the last time you got just a good book that either fiction, biography, or self-help book, or even a sappy romance novel, and you were like, I'm just going to read this, man, and I'm not going to do it for work or because I'm tested on it. I just want to stretch my, like, brain muscles, you know? When was the, who's, who's reading a good book right now just because? That's more than I thought. God bless you. That's awesome. What about the rest of you? So look, 
If you don't have time to just sit and read like many of us don't, get you an audio book on Audible or something and listen to it during your commute. Because it, let's be honest, if we're going to spend this much time sitting in traffic every day anyway, you might as well be learning something, right? Find you some, thank you. There's like one cool person over here. I can't see you. Thank you, cool person. You're all right with me. Find some good podcasts or sermons by some leading minds in the church today and just feed your spiritual life. I encourage you to learn a new language. Learn to speak a new language. Why not? There are studies these days that that tell us that being bilingual literally makes you smarter. Do you know that? Challenge yourself. Push yourself. Learn how to communicate in a different language so you can talk to people from a different culture, from a different walk of life, and tell them about Jesus. I encourage you to stay current. Listen to the news. Stay up on current events. I know it's, okay, real talk, all right? I know it's depressing, and I know that these days it can be downright rage-inducing, but there is no excuse for you as an adult to not know what's going on in the world. There are some good stories. Volunteer. Exercise. Listen to other people. Really listen. Ask questions. Travel. Go. Go somewhere. Go anywhere where people look different from you, where they have a different culture, they speak a different language, and just learn. We need to be bettering ourselves as people. We need to be striving to become better humans. What I am is God's gift to me. What I become is my offering to God. If you're still with me, say, what's next? I'm glad you asked. Number two, own your role. Own your role. You cannot be an asset to God's team if you don't know what your role on that team is. Uh, last week, uh, Tim Cole was, was up here talking from Waypoint Church, and he talked about finding your shape. Uh, S-H-A-P-E. It's an acronym uh, for, um, uh, you know, just trying to figure out, like, what, what God has put you here to do. Assessing your strengths, uh, your gifts, the things that God has called you to kind of care about, and finding God's purpose for your life. In order to be an asset to God's team, you have to understand what your role on that team is. You have to know how God has gifted you and equipped you so that you don't throw yourself into serving or leading in some area that, to be blunt, you don't need to be doing. I don't know a ton about the rules of sports and football, but I feel like a defensive lineman who thinks he's on the team to play wide receiver is probably going to cause some problems. So we have to discern what God has recruited us to do. And that can take some time. But once you know what your role on God's team is, own it. Own that. Claim that. Wear it proudly. Because the better you get at it, the better we get as a team, as a family. For example, let's say you're an encourager, right? Like, you know, like, God has made me as an encourager. That's you. You're always texting people Bible verses. You've always got an encouraging word for somebody. You're always posting stuff on social media that's inspirational. If that's you, if you know I am an encourager, man, own that. Claim it. Run with that. Be the best encourager you can be. Maybe you are called by God to be a teacher, or maybe you're great with kids, or maybe you're a good listener, or maybe you're a prayer warrior. Prayer warriors, man, prayer warriors trip me out because it's like, you know these people that just get whatever they pray for? 
you know? It's like they have this direct, like, red telephone to God or something. They just, they make me feel like God is only kind of half listening to the rest of us. But instead of using that gift to, like, get, like, rich and famous, which is what I would do, they want to pray for you. You know, they want to lift you up to God. They want to use that gift to bless you. I love those people, man. Prayer warriors, if you were out there today, rock on. Stay cool. I love it. Or maybe God has created you to be an evangelist. You know, maybe you're, I call them everyday evangelists. You know these people that they, they're just like, girl, I was in the grocery store this morning. I talked to this person for 10 minutes about Jesus. Really? How did you do that? That's amazing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? People that just go everywhere they go. They go to like Starbucks to get their pumpkin spice, and they end up witnessing the people. How did you do that? Everyday evangelists, man, you guys are great too. But look, this is my point. Whatever your role is, whatever it is that God has put you here to do, even if it's outside of the church, if you're a CEO, if you're a business owner, if you are a high school student, if you're a stay-at-home parent, if you're a sanitation worker, if you're a house cleaner, whatever, it's all the same to him. Whatever it is that you do here, be the best at it that you can be and make it your business to constantly get better at it. Read books about it. Watch YouTube videos about it. Get in a meetup group or a school club or another community of other folks like you so that you guys can help each other grow into the best whatever it is that you can be. So let's recap real quick. Back to your bulletins if you're still, if you're still tracking. How do we practice as God's teammates? Number one, we can better ourselves as people. What I become is my offering to God. Number two, own your role. Make the most of it, that shape that God has given you in the kingdom. Claim that. Lean into that. And then finally, work with God's team. Number three, work with God's team. Get involved and cooperate with the rest of God's family. There may not be many names in sports that I recognize, but as a UNC Chapel Hill alumni, I do know the name Dean Smith. And Dean Smith said this, Michael, if you can't pass, you can't play. Gee, I wonder who that Michael is he's talking about. What do you think? (laughs) Guys, teamwork matters. There are some sports where you train and you compete and you win or lose all by yourself. Being a child of God is not one of those sports. We have to learn how to work with the rest of God's family. And I know that can be messy and ugly and the exact opposite of fun because God's family is made up of all of these people. And people are the worst, right? (laughs) Working with people is a drag. This is definitely one that I'm guilty of because despite how like it may look to you guys, I have an anti-social streak in me a mile wide. And for years, the last thing that I wanted was to be pinned down neck deep in a church someplace. I was a committed Christ follower. I was serious about my faith, but I was like convinced that like I had that on lock all by myself and I didn't need help from anybody. All those other Christians could just kind of stay like at a, a minimum safe distance. Am I talking to anybody? Anybody else? So the problem is, after a while, people found out that I was good at playing music. And so I would get asked, and sometimes hired, to do that. Hey, Gary, it's me. I need a drummer this Sunday for church. Are you available? 
Hey, man, it's me, short notice, but I could really use a keyboard for our 11 o'clock. Are you down? Hey, dude, I need another guitar. Are you available? Can you come play? And me being who I am, I said, sure, I can do that. This was my life for years because, like, because that was safe, right? I'm not really part of that congregation. I don't really go to that church. I'm just passing through. That's okay. <laughs> and it took me a long time to figure out what was going on. Because I thought that God was using me to bless all these churches. <laughs> and in reality, <laughs> and he was using music, the thing that he knew I cared about most, to drag me back into fellowship with other believers because he knew that that's what I needed even if I didn't. We are all part of the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you. Whether we know it or not, and if you know anything about what the Bible says about the body of Christ, the foot or the hand cannot say to the eye or the nose, nah, I'm good. Doesn't work like that. So we need to be working with the rest of God's team. Two really easy ways to do that. Number one, serve. Get involved with your church and serve in some area of ministry. When you are offering your time and your energy to serve others, that's when God can really work because you are choosing to make your life not about you. John chapter 3 verse 30 says, He must become greater, I must become what? When you are serving, you are letting yourself become second. And that makes room in your life for God to be God, for him to take center stage. He can't do that if you're always there. So many of you are already doing that. You serve right here at the journey in, in some area, and that's great. But if you haven't done that yet, if you're here this morning, if you call the journey home and you're still kind of on the bench, I encourage you guys there is never a better time to get involved and serve around here than right now. And like, for real, I mean that, because we're talking about adding a third service in 2020, and that is exhilarating, and that is terrifying, but we cannot do three services without more volunteers, period. And I'm being honest about that. We talk to you guys here and there, and we say, you guys are like, yeah, we're talking about adding another service. That's great. And we're like, yeah, that's amazing. And then all of us on staff during the week, we like sit in our office with the door closed, and we're like, oh, my God, what am I, how, 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 we need more volunteers. We need you guys. I encourage you guys. We, we need more ushers. We need more greeters. I need more people on worship team. I know they need more help downstairs in children's ministry. So if, you, if you're not there already, um, I encourage you guys to just get, get on your uh, Journey Church app. There's information there. Uh, you can get on the website. You can send an email to office at thejourney.org and just find an area of ministry here that's in line with your God-given shape to serve in. Because again, if you are not cut out to be on worship team, for example, I love you anyway, you probably shouldn't do that. Any more than you want me serving in children's ministry because yeah, just no is all. All right. And then number two, get into a life group. Get into a life group. Another way that we can cooperate with the rest of God's team is to do life 
together with other people. That's great for team morale. Um, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We've got tons and tons of life groups at this church, and they vary widely in terms of um, when and where they meet, interest, stages of life, all that kind of stuff. My wife and I are actually getting ready to launch a life group for uh, young adult professionals in another couple of weeks. I'm running way behind getting that started. I apologize. But there's still time. There's never been a better time to get plugged in here at The Journey. Again, check out your app, your website. Uh, send an email uh, uh, to uh, office at thejourneynova.org and just asking about more life group information. You will never reach your potential in God's kingdom by yourself. Let me say that again because some of y'all are asleep. You will never reach your potential in God's kingdom by yourself. We have got to work with the rest of God's team. So in summary, let's close up. How do we practice as members of God's team? Number one, better yourself as a person. What you become is your offering to God. Number two, own your role. Figure, it out, figure out what it is that God has put you here to do and then own that. Claim that. Lean into that. And then finally, work with the rest of God's team. Get involved and cooperate with God's family. Coach Mike Kershevsky, who coaches the other blue Carolina basketball team that shall not be named, said this. Champions play as they practice. Create a consistency of excellence in all your habits. And I might not like that team, but when he's right, he's right. This is Vince Lombardi talking. Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-time thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. Last one by Anton Chekhov. Knowledge is of no value unless you put it into what? So I'll close with this. Does practice make perfect? No. What I would say is that practice reduces imperfection. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice reduces imperfections. You will never be perfect at anything as long as you are alive because you and I are only human. And part of what that means is that God has created us as woefully flawed, profoundly limited creatures. Why? So that we will recognize our need for him, for his help, for his involvement in our lives. The good news is God has given us the ability to improve ourselves. And ultimately, what we make of ourselves during our time here is our offering of worship to him. Last verse, and I'm done. This is Luke chapter 12, 48. From everyone who has been given much, much more will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Or, as the great world-changing pop culture icon, Stan Lee put it, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I am so humbled and appreciative to you for the opportunity to be amongst other believers. God, you know what a struggle it's been for me to, to be okay with that, but I appreciate you being patient with me. We always appreciate 
you being patient with us. God, I pray with all my heart that anything that was said this morning that is, is wrong or is bad or cast confusion or fear or doubt would not be remembered. And that anything that you said through your spirit that is true and right and honorable and lovely would go forth and accomplish your will, what you want it to do in the world. We lift up this church to you, God. We are so excited about what you are doing here. It is a blessing. It is a privilege to be a part of a church where you are on the move. We lift up Chad Simpkins and Kara, our senior pastor and first lady, if you will, God. We thank you that they are uh, a part of this church, that they are constantly working hard to serve your people and to serve you. We pray for their safety. We pray they've had a wonderful time of just rest and relaxation. God, as we move now into this time of communion, I pray that you would help us to just treasure these moments, treasure this time to be among God's people, a part of God's team, and receiving Holy Communion together as, as one of God's players. We love you. We lift you up today. It is you that we celebrate. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen.